What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Guess what, Will? What's that, Mango? So I was reading up on facts about instruments and music this week, and I stumbled into this old fact I'd totally forgotten. Did you realize that Lyndon Johnson used to own a Muzak franchise? Actually, I do vaguely remember that, but I, I don't remember the full story. So what was it? So this is the part I didn't remember. Uh, apparently, when Eisenhower was president, Johnson sold a contract for music to be played into the White House. How weird is that, by I the know. way? So there used to actually be like elevator music just pumping through the White House walls. And weirdly, that wasn't the only incidence of music in politics. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when Nixon was sworn in as president, and this is according to the American Conservative magazine, music was blared across the Washington Mall. And to me, it is literally the weirdest thing that the one thing that both sides of the political aisle can agree on is Muzak. <laughs> like, but back to LBJ, he loved Muzak so much that he hung speakers from his trees outside at his ranch just so he could listen while he worked. And he actually made some good money off the venture. Of course, when he actually became president, he sold a franchise so that he didn't have any entanglements while in office. But hearing about LBJ's love of Muzak made us wonder, what are some other ways that famous people have made money? And that's what we're covering in today's Nine Things. Let's dig in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Mangesh Hatikader. And sitting behind the soundproof glass, looking up pyramid schemes. And here's the weird thing, Mango. We aren't talking about, like, Ponzi schemes. Tristan is actually looking up ways he can put money into actual pyramids. <laughs> he wants to bring them back into vogue as, like, I guess, townhouses sure. and strip mall restaurants. <laughs> anyway, that's our friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. And he has such a shrewd business mind. He I really does. It. I didn't realize that until more recently. <laughs> so we kick this off with the story about LBJ because it's stunning to me that you could be a politician and super active. Mm -hmm. Like... LBJ had this reputation for being this operator, this lion of the Senate, but 
to also have time to play with a business on the side and help it thrive is yeah. just so baffling to me. But one of the things I was thinking about, and this is such a weird story, but uh, it's that time we met Victoria Jackson from SNL. Everything about that story was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this was almost two decades ago, but she was telling us that her dad had told her she needed a backup job because her dad didn't think she could make it as a comedian. Yeah. So she decided that to pay the bills, she'd become a poet as well. It just makes all the <laughs> sense of the world. I mean, it, it, it's funny, but it is also interesting to see when actors have backup plans like that. You know, I always think about Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec. He's a carpenter, as yeah, many people carpenter. know, and has this shop on the side and actually takes commissions for things like canoes and mustache combs and other <laughs> stuff like that. But I was listening to this interview with him on Fresh Air. Did you happen to hear this mm -mm. interview? But he was talking about what a relief it was, like not just financially, but also spiritually. You know, he'd go to this audition for a pilot or something like that. And you have all this nervous energy after the audition. Sure. But instead of drinking, he could actually go and make something and channel that energy into sanding or planing wood. And there's just something wonderful about yeah, that. Yeah, there really so. is. All right, well, you kick this off with a uh, story about LBJ, but how about we talk a little bit about a president who lost all his money and then needed to figure out how to make it back? So I'm curious which president this is, because I know there are a few that have gone through this. Like, are, are you talking about Truman? No, I'm talking about Ulysses S. Grant in this case. Huh. So, it, you know, it wasn't like Grant was broke, actually, but... He'd left office, he settled down in New York, and he'd put a bunch of his cash into Wall Street. Now, specifically, he'd put money into a firm where his son, Buck, was one of the oh, partners. Oh, yeah, Buck Grant. You no, know, Buck Grant. <laughs> and Buck Grant was not somebody that should have been trusted because, as it turns out, it was just a Ponzi scheme. Uh -huh. This was something I looked up and found in Smithsonian, but they solicited investments from Grant's wealthy friends. Then they speculated with funds, cooked the books to cover the losses, and like so many of these cases before long, they went bust with Grant's money. Sure. So what did Grant do after this? He wrote a book, which is something that you expect every former president to do now, but mm -hmm. didn't exactly expect that then. But this was with the help of another author, and his name was Mark Twain. I've Not a bad <laughs> idea, yeah. And so the dying Grant actually wrote a super readable memoir, and his uh, wife actually earned over half a million dollars in royalties after he passed away. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I, I guess the lesson there is that if you're going broke, just get your friend Mark Twain yeah, to go straight like to Mark book for Twain. You. Help me out, Mark Twain. <laughs> So I, I'm going to take it from here. How about an idea that should have made a celebrity a ton of money, but hasn't because she refused to license her patent, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Huh. This is an amazing story. Apparently in 1987, Jamie Lee Curtis designed a diaper with a moisture-proof pocket that would hold baby wipes in it. And the idea was that when you're on the go, you could just pull a wipe from the diaper with one hand as you're changing your baby. I like that your baby becomes like a wipe dispenser as well. <laughs> It's a great idea. It I is mean, you could have made idea. a killing on it. The patent was uh, US 07016832. In case you want to look it I up, I was glad you yeah, I, I didn't I know when that number was going to end. I always refer to it, but uh, she refused to license her idea unless a diaper company made this biodegradable version. Huh. But, you know, now the idea is in the public domain, which is kind of amazing. Uh, so anyone can use it. But I love that she both had and protected this incredible idea. Yeah. And also that she turned away money to maintain her ideals. It, it really is remarkable. I agree. I mean, it is. Also, this is an aside, but as I was looking up Jamie Lee, I, I learned that she's also a, um, 
a massive, massive World of Warcraft fan. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And she'll often wear these elaborate disguises just so she can attend things like Comic-Con or gaming conventions and go incognito. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, well, here's somebody who's made money in a more approachable way, and that's Jeremy Renner. Now, Jeremy loves to flip houses. And I'm not sure if this was inspired by Trading Spaces or any of those home improvement shows. But back in 2002, he was just a struggling actor in Hollywood. Now, he was getting a few guest spots on TV shows, landed in a few indie films, but actually was just scraping by. So he and his friend bought this tiny fixer-upper. And the whole idea was really just to have a place to live. And they realized that to make it livable and not to be fighting all the time, they really needed to do a lot of work to the house. So they would do things like add another bathroom. But, sure. You know, as they fixed it up, somebody actually came along and offered them way more money than they had put into it. And they decided to go for it. But they actually enjoyed the process so much and putting the work in that they did it again and again. And since then, they've actually made millions of dollars on flipping houses. Mm, that's pretty incredible. I, I, I do feel like I, I keep hearing people talk about flipping houses and it's been going on since the 2000s. I think when... we should probably get into it, don't you? <laughs> Let's go flip some houses. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is, right? Like everyone does this and tends to lose money, but I like right. that he gets so much joy out of working on the houses. Yeah. It also, to me, it just sounds like such a romantic idea, like farming or something. It's this idea like that you can work with your hands, you get to make all these repairs and like mm -hmm. seed the fruits of your labor. But I remember when one of our friends who was an architect decided to try to flip a house with his wife. Yeah. And uh, she was saying how awful it was that like every day after work that she'd go home and instead of being able to relax and watch TV, they'd always have like a big counter in their living room or they'd have right. to work on something and just how draining that could be. I can imagine, yeah. It just sounds awful. But, you know, speaking of hard workers, one celebrity who was a millionaire before he was a famous actor was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and this is when he was in his early 20s, he moved to the U.S. to get deeper into bodybuilding. And he really didn't have much money at the time. But he and his friend decided to go into business as bricklayers. And basically, they figured that in between their gym sessions, which were basically all day, they could do this active labor and mm -hmm. keep working on their bodies. Mm -hmm. And initially, they thought they'd win people over by undercutting the competition with these super cheap prices. But the business did not take off. So then they decided to go the opposite way, and Arnold had this brilliant idea to rebrand themselves as uh, as European bricklayers and masonry experts. <laughs> European bricklayers, yeah, nice. it's, it's bricklaying with an accent, and I see. the whole idea was that you pay more for the European expertise. Wow. Anyway, they put this ad in the LA Times, and between their own salesmanship and this devastation that happened around the same time from an earthquake, their business quickly, quickly took off. And from there, I, I guess Schwarzenegger just diversified into real estate and other ventures. And so he was like actually a millionaire before he was on the silver screen. I had never heard that story. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, I think we've all heard about 50 Cent and his fortune that he made from being an early investor in vitamin water. But he's actually also made some money in surprising ways on the side by taking a chance on a new currency. And of course, I'm talking about Bitcoin. Sure. So we're going back to 2014. 50 was one of the first artists to allow people to pay for his album in Bitcoin. I mean, if you're 50 Cent and you're trying to sell an album in 2014, I'm guessing you'll take any sort of money for that record you can get, right? Like, what was that album even called? Wait, Mango, you don't remember 2014's Animal Ambition? <laughs> Shame. Well, he raked in about 700 Bitcoin in sales in addition to the traditional sales, which really wasn't bad. I mean, I think it was something like $450,000 at the time. 
But then he just left the money there and accidentally let it grow. And that same amount of money is currently worth over $8 million now. Wow. I, I love how for someone like 50 Cent, like $8 million probably isn't that much. Right. But how that would obviously be life-changing for anyone. Make so many pyramids with that. <laughs> so speaking of cryptocurrencies and hip-hop artists uh, that I don't think much about today. It's quite the uh, quite the transition. I'm curious where this sentence goes. It ends with Akon. Okay. I mean, have you thought about Akon? Because I, I don't think about it I don't it think I have. Not recently. But The Independent had this article on him, and our researcher Eves found it for me. Um, but apparently, he used to be a part owner in a diamond mine. Hmm. And according to the article, he said, when I went to South Africa, I ran to some guys who owned mines, and they were like, yo, we need a face. We need someone that we can partner with. I became an equal partner. And so I guess he's been wholesaling diamonds to the U.S. ever since. But it's crazy to me because obviously there are all sorts of labor complications with diamonds. But I do believe he's trying to figure out how to make the practice better. And apparently this isn't just like a fad for him. He's always looking at ways to give back to Africa while also make money. So he's of Senegalese descent. And he was surprised that he couldn't tour parts of the country because of electricity issues. So he invested in this company that installs solar street lamps and also creates these solar microgrids. It's called Acon Lighting Africa, and it's been so successful and created so many new jobs that they've actually moved from Senegal into all these other nations. That's super interesting. But you said something about cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, so that's another one of his initiatives. He's launching his own crypto in Africa and working with the Senegalese government to create a coin. And as he put it, quote, I think that blockchain and crypto could be the savior for Africa in many ways because it brings the power back to the people and does not allow government to do those things that are keeping them down. Hmm. So he's obviously got a lot of faith in this. He's also working with the president of Senegal to develop 2,000 acres of land. It's supposed to be the first crypto-based city with A-coins being used as the transactional currency. So it's this really interesting experiment, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops as well. Oh, definitely. All right, well, I know we got two facts to go, but before we get to those, let's take a quick break. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. 
Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So we're talking about the unusual ways some famous people made their money. Mango, we got one fact left each. So what's your last fact of the day? So one thing I think is really fun to look at is how entrepreneurs are in their youth because they always seem to be entrepreneurs, right? Like they're always looking for opportunities. They're always just uh, starting different things. And as I was looking for stories, I found this one in Fortune about Mark Cuban. I guess, you know, he was absolutely the same. As a kid, he wanted a new pair of sneakers. So to make money for that, he uh, he started selling garbage bags door to door and he made the money for it. You know, he always had these side businesses. But my favorite one that I read about was that in college, he used to teach disco dancing in home to people. <laughs> like he'd go to people's homes just to teach them the how to disco of dance. Mark Cuban <laughs> disco dancing. I know, he seems so stiff, but apparently he's very loose on the dance floor. And wow. uh, here's his quote from the story. If you get asked by a bunch of sorority girls to come to a sorority house to teach girls how to dance for $25 an hour, you do it. That is such a Mark Cuban quote <laughs> if I've ever heard one. And I'm not sure how lucrative it really was for him, but I do like that he was in demand for his disco skills. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, my last fact of the day is going to be about Venus Williams. And, you know, one of the many things I like about her now, and obviously she's made a ton of money playing tennis. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you read about her and Serena growing up on the courts and playing in Compton, it's pretty remarkable. Like they used to have to dive on the pavement as drive-bys happened. In fact, the courts had been paid for by Freeway Rick Ross, you know, the cocaine kingpin, sure. who also happened to be a tennis enthusiast. That was not the traditional country club way to grow up, of course, but Venus obviously grew up to be this insanely successful tennis star. And one of the things she's done with that is to launch an interior design company. It's called V-Star. Now, the firm has this insane client list. They do everything from NFL and NBA players' homes to tennis clubs, residential properties. But Williams comes by it all honestly. In fact, she has a degree in fashion design from the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. So it isn't just a place to park her money, but something she actually has this very real interest in. Oh, I really love that. And I, you know, when you go for a Venus Williams facts, you know, you're going for my heart. Yeah. uh, I also love that you brought that uh, Freeway Rick Ross story in because that's a story I really want to tell on the show because it's so great. Yeah, it is. I do think I'm going to have to give you the trophy this week. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Also, thanks to Eve Jeffcoat for coming up with so much of today's research. We'll be back with a full length episode tomorrow. This is Malcolm Gladwell 
from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 